you guys want to go ahead and find your seats, we'll have time afterwards for further greeting and times. All right, all right. So once again, everyone, good morning. It is uh, a joy to be up here, to be able to talk to you all this morning, the opportunity to, to preach. I'm excited to be here. Um, apologize if my voice is still a little raspy. It's still recovering from camp a little bit. Uh, the infamous spirit chicken that was mentioned earlier, uh, I do want to just say that our team uh, won it day one, which I think is the most impressive. You know, it was day one. It was the first time it was given out. So, uh, so we won the best chant, and we were screaming our butts off. So it was a good time. Uh, but it's still a little raspy, so if that is annoying, I apologize. Uh, but it was definitely worth it to do it all over again. Um, to begin, I'd just like to open with a word of prayer uh, once more, and then we'll kind of dive into this, uh, this passage. <clears throat> Dearly Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I just pray that your name would be glorified here today. God, you are sovereign over all things. Lord, you are above all creation, and we give you praise your ways are above our own. Lord, thank you that these people are here today and there's, there's those that are online. Thank you for, uh, for Matt and his family and for, for Brian and his family that they're able to, to get rest this weekend and this week to be away with family. Um, Lord, I want to thank you for your word and thank you that we have access to it in its completion in our language with such easy access, Lord. Um, God, I pray that you would mold our hearts to be like yours this morning. Help us to, to hunger for your word. Help us to hunger to spend time with you in it and in prayer. Uh, Lord, help us to, to lean not on our own understandings, but to, to lean on your word. God, help us not to stray from your teachings. Help us to know that it's good. All of scripture is good for us. It's profitable. Um, Lord, I pray specifically this morning for myself. Just help me to guard my tongue. Uh, help me to not speak anything that's not true of you and of your word. Um, and God, I just pray for the hearts and the minds of those here in this room that it would be open to your teaching. Um, I ask that you would remove any distractions that may be going on. Uh, and God, I just pray that you would be glorified this morning. Uh, Lord, I pray this in your name. Amen. All right. So if you've been with us this summer, you know we've been going through our series through First and Second Kings and Second Chronicles. Uh, we've titled it In the Lord's Sight. Um, last week, if you were here, just kind of keep you up of where we are right now, uh, we began looking at the reign of King Jehoshaphat, um, and kind of we saw that Jeho Jehoshaphat was a king that was devoted to God, and he's often regarded as one of the better kings uh, within the kings of Judah, but at the same time, uh, he was not perfect. We saw last week he made uh, some alliances that he was not supposed to, that God did not ask him to do. Um, so he had some good, he had some bad, some of the good things he did, you know, he purged the land of the high places, he tore down uh, the ashram poles, and he honored uh, God, you know, God honored his faithfulness and established his kingdoms in many different ways. We saw that um, in chapter 17, verse 10, it says, the terror of the Lord was on all the kingdoms of the lands that surrounded Judah, so they didn't fight against Jehoshaphat. So God established a time of peace um, and honored Jehoshaphat's faithfulness in this time as well. Um, one of Jehoshaphat's successes as well is that he was able to grow his army. His army was very large. Uh, it totaled over 1,160,000 men we saw last week as well. So he had a very large army. Um, it was bigger than those of his predecessors. But again, he was known for making some bad alliances. So he had some really high highs and some really low lows within his ring. We saw last week that he was rebuked by the messenger Micaiah uh, and then also rebuked uh, by Jehu as well. And so this led to Jehoshaphat making some additional reforms across the kingdom. Um, and that's kind of where we're going to be picking up here. Um, just one verse I want to hit on in chapter 19, and then we're going to be in chapter 20 for pretty much the whole time today. 
uh, for our time. But 2 Chronicles 19, uh, verse 4, and actually the title of today's service, sorry, before we get there, thanks, Coda, uh, is we look to you. Um, we're going to see Jehoshaphat lead uh, his nation to looking to God in a time of uncertainty, in a time of panic and fear. And so that's kind of what I want us to all look at today is looking to God. So picking up in verse 4 of chapter 19 of 2 Chronicles, it says, Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem, and once again he went out among the people from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim and brought them back to Yahweh, the God of their ancestors. And then we see kind of some of the things he did. Um, he appointed judges in all of the fortified cities. Um, he charged them to judge as the Lord does and know that God is with them so that they would maintain uh, doing the things that they were supposed to. So he really kind of brought the whole nation back to God, which was a, a good thing that happened. And so that's where we left off last week. We're picking up here in uh, chapter 20 now, um, and, and we kind of get a big change. So after this, after those reformations and the different things that Jehoshaphat did, the Moabites and the Ammonites, together with some of the, the Munites, came to fight against Jehoshaphat. People came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast number from beyond the Dead Sea and from Edom has come to fight against you. They are already in Hazan Tamar, that is, En Gedi. And Jehoshaphat was afraid, we see in verse 3. So chapter 20 begins with kind of an inciting incident that Jehoshaphat hears word that there are armies, there's three different armies that are coming to attack and to fight. Um, and so his response is that he's afraid. You know, he is nervous uh, of those things that are coming. En Gedi, where it says that they were, that's about 50 miles from Jerusalem. So they were approaching, they were, they were pretty close already, so there wasn't a, a ton of time to really get uh, a ton of plans in action. And so we see Jehoshaphat was afraid, and we're going to see what his response to that fear was that he, that he had. Uh, picking up in the, the second half of verse 3, we see, so Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he resolved to seek the Lord. Then he proclaimed a fast for all Judah who gathered to seek the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek him. So Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he chose to seek the Lord. That was what he chose to do. He declared a nationwide fast, and he asked the entire nation, hey, we all need to seek the Lord right now. You know, there's various actions that he could have responded with in this moment, uh, sometimes that we respond in times when we're afraid. You know, one of the things he could have done is he could have acted in anger towards God. You know, he could have said, God, look at this, look at all I just did for you. I just got the whole nation to follow you, and, and we just did a lot of reforms that helped us to, to honor you better. Um, God, why would you let this happen? You know, you ha we had such a time of peace. Why would you let these people attack? Um, I look at all these things I've done. That could have been one response that he had, but he, he didn't have that response. He could have acted in pride. You know, he could have said, you know, let them come. Go ahead, our army's huge. I'm not scared. Um, he could have acted in pride, but he didn't choose to do that. He said we could have handled it on our own. He didn't do that. He could have acted out of fear. You know, oftentimes when we are in moments of panic, when we are afraid, oftentimes we can just act on our own and, and just say, all right, we got to answer. we got to go right now. We don't have time. Um, we can intentionally or unintentionally neglect prayer in those moments and think we don't have time to pray. That, that's not urgent enough. We have to go. We have to act now. Um, but he didn't do that. In spite of all these things, the first thing he chooses to do is to seek the Lord. Um, and it's not even that he does this privately. Um, it's not that he went and took his main advisors and, and prayed to God there. He does this publicly. He asked the whole nation to fast and pray uh, in this moment to seek God in this moment. He understood that regardless of the size of his army, regardless of the fortifications, all the mighty things that they had prepared, 
It didn't matter. None of it mattered unless they had God's intervention uh, on their behalf. And so that's why they, they sought the Lord. So one thing to kind of think through in your own life, too, is seeking God the first thing you do when you are afraid. Um, I can't say that's always the first thing that I do. I often will sometimes, uh, especially a time-sensitive crisis like this, maybe act in panic and just think, oh, I've got to go. We've got to answer this right now. Um, I can often be quick to act and neglect that prayer first and think, oh, I'll pray later. God's with me. I'll just go do it now. Um, but that's not what Jehoshaphat did, and that's not really what we're supposed to do. Um, I think of a time when Annie and I, when we worked at uh, Highland Lakes Camp, when we were uh, workers there. The first summer we worked there, um, there was a night where for everyone left, it was late, they went back to their cabins, and then we got word that there was one camper that never made it back to their cabin. Um, and that was huge panic because we had lost a kid. There was a lost kid somewhere. And in that moment, we all kind of just sprung into action and started dividing and conquering and going. Um, and we were going trying to find this kid. Um, and we were praying as we were walking, but we never took a minute to just kind of pause and pray as a team. We just all kind of divided and chaotically went everywhere. We didn't really have a plan of attack of what we were supposed to do in that situation because it had never happened before. Um, Thankfully, we were able to find the kid. He was just hiding behind his cabin. It was a long story. It doesn't really matter, but he was safe, and that was fine. But the next day, we kind of were reviewing, okay, like, this can't happen again, and we've got to have a better plan of action. And so the first thing that we made as our plan that we neglected to do in that moment that we failed to do was we're going to pray as a team first. We're all going to gather together real quick. It's not going to be a long prayer. We're not going to pray for three hours and say, oh, God, help us find this child for three hours. We're going to pray, but we're going to make sure we're united in prayer in that before we divide and conquer. Um, so it's easy, even when you think, oh yeah, I'll pray to God. It's easy in those moments to just kind of jump and act um, rather than to seek God first. And so we're going to pick up here in verse 5 and see Jehoshaphat's prayer uh, that he led the nation. This is a really powerful prayer, um, and it's a really, really awesome uh, kind of example of, of how our prayers can be. So we're going to pick up in verse 5. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem, in the Lord's temple, before the new courtyard, he said, Yahweh, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand, and no one can stand against you. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and who gave it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in the land and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name and have said, if disaster comes on us, sword or judgment, pestilence or famine, we will stand before this temple and before you, for your name is in this temple. We will cry out to you because of our distress, and you will hear and deliver. Now here are the Ammonites, the Moabites, and the inhabitants of the Mount Seir. You did not let Israel invade them when Israel came out of the land of Egypt, but Israel turned away from them and did not destroy them. Look how they repay us by coming to drive out your possession that you gave us as an inheritance. Our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this vast number that comes to fight against us. We do not know what to do, but we look to you. Man, I wish we prayed like that. I wish I prayed like that more often. Um, Jehoshaphat, he's the king, he is the leader of the nation, um, and he prayed this very humble prayer towards God. He pleaded with God for deliverance amongst the people. Again, he knew that without God, they were powerless. They needed God to act on their behalf. 
Could you imagine a political leader today doing this? I could not. Um, you know, it's a bad look politically. You know, as you're the leader of your nation, you are supposed to be the one with the answers, with the power. You have to maintain your image, maintain your brand. Um, you can't say you don't know what to do. Um, you're supposed to be, again, the one with the answers. You know, I could see maybe someone praying this in private, but then going before the nation and saying, all right, here's what we're going to do, here's the plan. Um, but that's not what Jehoshaphat did. He said, you know, without God, we have nothing, so we just need to cry out to God right now and pray that he will deliver us uh, from this time. And so it's, it's a powerful prayer, and there's a few different aspects of the prayer that I want to point out that we can apply to our own prayer life as well and kind of see some main points here. So within Jehoshaphat's prayer, there, there's a few different points that I want to go through. So the first thing that he does is he exalts God for his sovereignty, for his power, and his might. Um, you know, we see this in other prayers throughout Scripture, and if you were back when we kind of talked how to pray and going through acts, you know, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, you know, that's kind of the adoration side. But one of the things Jehoshaphat does is he exalts God that, you know, he's all-powerful. He is in control. That's something that we need to be reminded of. And if we believe, you know, God's above all. There's nothing that catches God by surprise, and there's nothing that can overcome God. And so that's kind of how he begins his prayer, saying, you know, are you not the God who is in heaven? Do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand. Like, he's not worried about that. No one can stand against you. He exalts God for that. You know, he also points to God's faithfulness in his covenantal relationship with Israel and the promised land that he talks about. So again, he talks about, are you not... Um, our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and who gave it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. You know, Jehoshaphat knows. He knows the Old Testament. He knows that God made a covenant with his people Israel. He knows that nothing is going to end that covenant, that his people are going to reign and are going to survive and, and be there forever and that the promised land they were given was given by God and he's going to, to maintain that land and protect it for them as well. So he calls on that faithfulness. He points to that knowing that God's already made this covenant. We don't have to worry that God is going to uh, stand true to that. He also reaffirms, uh, Solomon had a prayer back uh, in chapter 6. Um, he kind of reaffirms that prayer here when he talks about uh, the, the sanctuary and God's name being within the temple and that they will stand before the temple and cry out to God to, uh, to lead them uh, whenever uh, battle comes. He also pleads with God for protection and intervention. Again, this is not a very prideful prayer of saying, God, you know, we got this huge army, we're good, just help us to, to be safe and we'll, we'll kick butt, we'll do our thing. It's just, God, you know, we have nothing. We are nothing without you and we need you to act. We are at your mercy. We are powerless. So God, we need you to fight for us. Um, that's kind of Jehoshaphat's plea and his prayer here. Um, and it's, again, a very powerful prayer that, again, brought a lot of confidence to the nation um, that we'll see in a second that helps he unite them to, to crying out to God. Um, and, and this is something that for us, we can really kind of use within our prayers to help us build confidence. You know, we, if we are familiar with God's story, with, with the scriptures, we've seen all the times of God's faithfulness, countless times that he has preserved his people. With this past fall, if you were with us, we went through the book of Revelation. We know the end of the story. We know that at the very end, you know, Christ is going to reign supreme. Uh, death is going to be conquered. Hell is going to be conquered. And Christ is going to reign on the throne forever. And if we know him, we have nothing to fear because, again, that's the ending. We already know that. So that should give us confidence. And so when we pray and remember these things through our prayers, we can be confident that God is true. We've seen it countless times. And that gives us confidence to continue to persevere throughout these moments.
Um, so we looked at that. One thing the, that kind of came to my mind in this moment, too, that we talked about at camp this week, you know, Brian's not able to be here, but every night uh, at camp, we would have church group devotion times where as a church group we would come, and, and Brian, many of you guys are familiar, served in the Marines uh, in the past, and, you know, he's got a lot of war stories, and I know for the youth, that's something that we enjoy hearing times uh, from back when, when uh, he was overseas. And, and one of the things he shared this week at camp, um, he shared a story just kind of talking about there was, was one night where they were out and they were just kind of searching areas and, and there were a lot of mines underground. Um, and long story short, Brian can tell it way better, but basically they spent a whole night where they were right on top of a mine and it never uh, activated for any reason. And uh, if that would have went off, that could have taken them all out. But there, there's times, there's moments, especially in war, especially in moments um, that you can look back and see that the only reason you survived was because of God, because God was with you um, for some reason or another. Brian talked about a quote that you may be familiar with. I wasn't before this, but it, there's no atheist in foxholes is the, the wartime quote. You know, it, when you're faced with, uh, you know, death close by, you think about m- mortality a lot. You think about, man, that I, I have no control right now whether I live or die, and I've just got to call out to God and pray that he will act in this moment. And that's kind of the feelings that, the nation of Judah is feeling right now. They, we just have to call out to God and pray that he will deliver us here. Um, and so we see this within the prayer. We're going to go on here and see God's response and kind of how God responds in this way. So picking up in verse 13, um, all Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. So right here we see the whole nation had gathered and heard this prayer that Jehoshaphat prayed. Um, and in the middle of the congregation, the spirit of the Lord came on Jehazel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jeel, son of Mattaniah, a Levite from Asaph's descendants. And he said, listen carefully, all Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast number, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. You will see them coming up on the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley facing the wilderness of Jeruel. You do not have to fight this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. He is with you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Tomorrow, go out to face them, for Yahweh is with you. And so this answer Oh, man, just the feeling of confidence this would have given you to know that, that God has answered. He heard your prayers, and he's here, and you don't have to worry. Um, so, so a couple different points from God's answer that I want to point out to you, specifically that God says in this answer. First, he says, listen to me. Um, listen to my words that I'm speaking uh, through Jehaziel. And so he says, listen to me. First thing he tells them is, do not fear. Do not be discouraged, for I am with you. That, again, just the confidence and the calm that that would bring to know that we don't have to fear. God says don't fear because I am with you. And that the battle is not yours, but God's. Again, they're facing a large group of many different armies coming to attack, um, but knowing that the battle is not theirs to win. It's not theirs, but God's battle. And again, as Jehoshaphat prayed earlier, we know God's might, his sovereignty, his powers overall. No one can stand against God. No one can defeat God. And so they don't have to worry that this is God's battle. He's saying he's going to take care of this for them. And then he ends by saying, you know, for the Lord is with you. Again, just that peace that can come knowing God is with them, that, you know, they are not going to fail because God is with them. And God is going to fight on their behalf. Just the peace that that comes 
uh, from there is really awesome and powerful and brings that answered prayer. And so, you know, we can listen to these same answers from God and know that we have God's word that we can listen to him. We can see times and times again of his faithfulness and how he, he talks to us and asks us to walk with him. We don't have to fear. We can be strong and courageous. We know, again, that God is with us. We know the end of the story. Uh, even if we die, we know that that's not the end if we know Christ um, and God is with us. You know, you think of the Great Commission, lo, I'm with you to the ends of the age. Um, and that's the same message that we have. We know that now the dwelling place is within us if we know God. And so his spirit dwells within us. So we don't have to fear because the Lord is with us. So this is kind of God's answer for the people here. And again, it reminded me as I was prepping and studying for this, just kind of that power outage that happened at camp for us. You know, leading up to that week, you know, we're all very competitive people, especially here, those of us that went and you know, it was neck and neck between the teal team and the gray team going into that, that final day. You know, teal team was actually winning up to that point. Uh, don't want to brag, but we were. Uh, and then we were kind of going, and that was a big deal. We were all kind of running out. There was a photo scavenger that got a lot of points. We were all planning how we'd get the maximum amount of points to win that trophy. And then the storm came in. Power was knocked out, and then none of that mattered anymore. No one really cared about Mega Relay anymore. No one cared about how many points we had. Remember, we were talking in the morning Friday morning, the next day, we were like, honestly, like, if they just canceled Mega Relay, I remember Coda was like, I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't, I wouldn't care that much. It doesn't even matter anymore. Um, and, and so it kind of took all the distractions away and let us just kind of focus and worship God in prayer. Um, you know, those pictures of them in the dark, you know, they were in the worship center singing and, and praying for a good handful of hours. Um, and that was pretty much all we had left to do the rest of the day. No one really got to do any of the games. We just kind of stood there. We kept singing. We kept praying. And it was an awesome time seeing um, just God work in that moment. And again, we can know that storms may rage. Things may happen that take away our plans and come out of ways. But God is with us. God is in control. And we don't have anything to fear in those moments. We can just cry out to God and ask for him to act. And I, I believe that that storm was an act of God, that it was hey, you guys think you're here for this fun, awesome time. We're going to remove all this distraction. I want you all to focus on me. And, you know, we saw a lot of students come forward in those moments. A lot of students confessed a lot of things that they were struggling with in those, in those moments. A lot of kids accepted Christ in those moments, um, which was really awesome to be able to see, um, again, God taking all those distractions away and just saying, hey, just listen to me and come walk with me right now. Um, so that's a reminder for us of God's answer um, you know, we don't have anything to fear and we can just put our trust fully in God because we know that he is in control and he is good. All right, we're going to jump back in in verse 18 and kind of see again that Jehoshaphat and the people, they were faithful in this. So Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord to worship him. Then the Levites from the son of the Kohathites and the Korathites uh, stood up to praise the Lord of Israel, shouting with a, lo a loud voice. So here, real quickly, again, so they hear God's answer, and they all just bow down before him. Um, and then we see a specific group of the Levites that stand up and begin singing. And, and this is their job. This was what they were instructed to do since, since David, as they were to lead the nation in song. Um, and, and there's a lot of power that comes in that that we're going to see throughout the next couple passages uh, of just to continue singing. Um, and so it wasn't just some random people that just had 
a feeling, an emotion that they stood up and they just wanted to start seeing. Like, this was their job. They took that seriously, their ministry of song. They took it very seriously. And so they led the nation in singing. So verse 20, in the morning they got up early and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. As they went out, as they were about to go out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in Yahweh your God, and you will be established. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. Then he consulted with the people and appointed some to sing for the Lord and some to, to praise the splendor of his holiness. When they went out in front of the armed forces, they kept singing, Give thanks to the Lord, for his faithful love endures forever. So, they're about getting ready to go out to battle, and Jehoshaphat is appointing kind of what people are going to do, and the front line that he appoints for this battle is he appoints the singers to be out front, not the best warriors, not anyone, the singers to be out front, um, which again is just kind of a, a crazy thought from a modern military strategy that we're going to go get uh, all of our best singers to lead our nation out, and they're just going to sing, and it's going to be awesome, and we're going to win the battle. Uh, but for this moment, you know, it really is full trust in God. It's saying, God, we trust you so much. You know, we're going to send our people out just to sing your praise. And we're going to uh, listen to what you say. We're going to go to where you told us to go. And we're going to stand there. And the people that we're going to have standing out there singing in front, they're going to be the ones leading us in song. Again, just kept singing. Give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. So this can be, again, there's a power in this. And we see this continuing on in verse 22. The moment they begin their shouts and praises, the Lord set an ambush against the Ammonites, the Moabites, and the inhabitants of Mount Seir who came to fight against Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and the Moabites turned against the inhabitants of Mount Seir and completely annihilated them. When they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy each other. So we see in this moment, when they start shouting and singing their praise, there was a moment of confusion on the battlefield, and somehow in that confusion, you know, again, God was at work here, and that they all turned against one another and took one another out. Um, and so we see in 24, continuing on, when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked for the large army, but there were only corpses lying on the ground. Nobody had escaped. Then Jehoshaphat and his people went to gather the plunder. They found among them an abundance of goods on the bodies and valuable items. So they stripped them until nobody could carry any more. They were gathering the plunder for three days because there was so much. They assembled in the valley of Barakai uh, on the fourth day, for there they praised the Lord. Therefore, the place is still called the Valley of Barakah today. Then all the men of Judah and Jerusalem turned back with Jehoshaphat, their leader, returning joyfully to Jerusalem. For the Lord enabled them to rejoice over their enemies, so they came into Jerusalem to the Lord's temple with harps, lyres, and trumpets. The terror of, of God was on all the kingdoms of the land when they heard that Yahweh had fought against their when they heard that Yahweh had fought against the enemies of Israel, then Jehoshaphat's kingdom was quiet, for his God gave him rest on every side. So again, here we see the power of song that they trusted God. They stood there. They did as they were told, and God took care of it. God said, the battle is mine. I've got this. And he wiped out all the other nations, and there was so much there that they were able to plunder for like four days. That's so much stuff. Um, again, and they trusted God. They didn't act. They didn't say, all right, God, we trust you, but we're still going to, you know, get our archers ready and be ready to fight. But no, they just stood there. They sang praise to God, um, and God was faithful and delivered and did as he said, as he always does. So we see that there's power in song. You know, there's a reason that there 
is a book of songs, the Psalms in the Bible for us, you know. Um, there's reason for us to, to sing praises to God because it gives us confidence, and I also believe that it helps to ward off the enemy. I believe that Satan can't stand to hear the people of God singing praises to God. Um, and so this is something that, you know, can both comfort us, build confidence amongst our people, but then also can call on God to do a mighty work. We see this elsewhere in Scripture in the New Testament. Uh, in Acts chapter 16, we see uh, Paul and Silas uh, in verse 22, you know, they were uh, mobbed and attacked. Uh, you know, they, then the mob joined in attack against them, and the chief magistrate stripped off their clothes and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they in inflicted many blows on them, they threw them in jail, ordering the jailer to keep them securely guarded. Receiving such an order, he put them in the inner prison and secured their feet in stocks. So they have just been beaten and thrown in jail. Um, you know, the circumstances are at an all-time low. They're kept away from all the rest of their traveling party. They're in jail. They've just been beaten. And what is their response? What did they choose to do in response to their circumstances? Verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners... Uh, we're listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains came loose. So here again we see Paul and Silas when their circumstances are low, when they are fearful, uh, they just, they prayed first, they sought God, they looked to God and then they sang hymns to God. Uh, again, to probably bring them comfort in that moment but then also, again, just like within Jehoshaphat's time, they they sang praise to God, and God delivered a mighty work uh, on their behalf um, when they answered those praises. And so, again, there's power in song we see multiple times throughout Scripture. That was just two instances. Um, we also know that to be filled with the Spirit, one of the things we're supposed to do is to, you know, speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We see this in Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, 18 uh, it says, but be filled by the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music from your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of, the Lord Jesus, of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. So we know that if the Spirit is within us, this is something we should be doing. You know, we should be singing songs. We should be uh, singing with one another. As It's one of my favorite things that we do as a church is when we sing together for worship. Uh, it was one of my favorite moments of camp this year was, again, when the power was out and all the distractions. It wasn't about the show and the lights and jumping up and down. It was just singing praises to God. It's something that we're supposed to do. Um, even if you're not a good singer, it doesn't say those who sing can sing really well and should do that. It's everyone. We can all sing. Some of us are better than others. Some of us are meant to lead and to perform. Uh, but we can all sing. We can all make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Um, and so it's something that we should do. So kind of think through our own lives, you know, making sure that we're taking time to worship God in song, to seek God in song. And in times of distress, in times of fear and panic, we can sing and remind ourselves to sing to our own hearts of just the good news of God and just sing his praises. And that can build confidence for us. So... There's just a, a few points of application that I want us to look at, and then we will wrap up here. Um, and so kind of that first point for us is to, one, look to God in prayer. Uh, look to God in prayer. This is one of the first things we should do in all instances is seek God, uh, seek his will in any situation, especially in moments when we're fearful, when we're panicked, when the enemy is coming to attack. We should look to God in prayer 
Um, because if, it's, if we're acting out of our own will, out of our own understanding, then it's going to fail miserably, and we don't want that. We want to act in God's will and to rely on God, and that builds our confidence as well. Again, as we saw in Jehoshaphat's prayer, you know, he drew on his knowledge of Scripture of the times that God's faithfulness, God's covenant with his people. Uh, we know that that covenant, you know, applies to us today if we know him, that we are uh, grafted into Abraham's family, and so we know that we are counted among that, and we are part of God's people, and he will be faithful to the end uh, to that. So we can look to God in prayer in these moments. Second one is look to God in song. Again, we saw just the importance and the power of song and how this can impact the situations of the people of the Bible and in our own hearts. In those moments when we're scared, when we're nervous, we can sing praises, sing hymns, sing spiritual songs, and we can do that with one another as well to encourage one another, encourage the body. I think that's one of the the reasons that we gather and we sing together is one, to give praises to our God, but also to build that community and encouragement to one another uh, with a rightful place of worship and a posture of worship towards God. Next one is look to God in hope. Look to God in hope. You know, we can look to God in hope knowing that the end is already written. Again, as I mentioned earlier, we know the book of Revelation. We know at the very end that there's nothing that's going to happen that God is not in control of, and that at the very end, God is going to win. He's going to remain uh, on the throne, and we don't have to fear anything. God is sovereign over all. He is in control. So we can look to God in hope, and we can know that, and that goes with the fourth point. Look to God in confidence. Look to God in confidence. Again, we can have confidence, and I pray and hope that we have confidence like we see Jehoshaphat has, where I, I hope in my own life that I have a prayer that is confident enough to say, God, you have done all of these things. You helped to defeat the armies by just having them stand still and sing your praises. God, if you have done that, I believe that you can help me in this situation um, and just have that confidence. Jesus says in John eleven twenty five. again, this is a huge reason for confidence for us. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And I think this verse perfectly sums up the confidence that we can have in God and in Jesus is that, again, even if we die, that is the worst thing that can happen to us is that we can die on this earth. And if we know Christ, then it's the greatest thing that can happen to us because then we are with him in fullness in eternity. And so we have nothing to fear. We have full confidence in God that he will protect us, he will provide for us, and he will give us hope uh, for eternity beyond this life. No matter our circumstances, no matter how bad it gets, we can have hope and confidence in Christ uh, to the very end of our lives. And so those are four areas of application that I just want us to kind of reflect on um, that we can look to in our own lives and to look to improve there. And if you are here in this room or you're watching online and you are struggling through those things, you know, I would encourage you to, to set some goals within prayer, within song. Make sure you're spending time within your quiet times, within your times, your devotional times as a family. Are there any moments that you have for just songs, for opportunities to sing the psalms, sing God praises, sing different hymns and other songs, worship songs? Do you take moments to do that? Because I would encourage you to, because again, there's power in song. We see that here. And then if you are struggling, if you don't have hope in God, if you are, don't have the confidence, but you want to, if you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, you can have that hope. You can have that assurance and that confidence that, again, no matter what happens on this earth, when you die, you'll go to heaven and spend eternity with Christ. You can have that. And if you don't and you want to have that moment, uh, we're going to lead you in prayer here in a minute. But there's, that invitation is always open, anytime. There's nothing that you can do that's wrong. We saw Jehoshaphat. He's not a perfect king. He made a lot of really stupid alliances. He did a lot of really stupid things, and yet God was faithful. God honored him. God protected him. Um, and so same for us. 
Just because we, we are all sinners, Christ still died for us. Christ still made a way. So no matter what sin you're struggling with, no matter what sin you've done in the past, there's never too much that God is not right there waiting to respond uh, from an invitation. So if you'll join me, we'll close in prayer, and then we'll, we'll finish and just sing a song of worship, sing a time, and again, focus on that heart that we talked about today to just sing God's praises, and that we can do that with confidence, with hope, and we can look to God in those moments. So if you'll join me, let's close in prayer. Dearly Father, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you for just the gift of prayer that we can know that when we pray, God, that we can speak with the God of the universe, that you created the heavens and the earth, that you are above all things. God, we look to you for answers. We look to you in your word. We look to you in prayer. Um, God, I pray for all of us here in this room and those that may be listening or watching online that we would do that, that we would seek to look, you, look to you in prayer, in your word, first and foremost in our lives. Whenever we're facing a difficult decision, whenever any sort of circumstance arises, Lord, I pray that we would look to you first. Lord, I pray that we would be able to have hearts that can look to you uh, in song, that we would just sing your praises, that that would build confidence for us and also uh, just kind of put our heart in a, in a posture of repentance and a heart of worship um, that we can just seek you and lift your name on high, that again, it's not anything of our works, it's not anything out of our pride, but it all comes from you, and that Jehoshaphat saw that as well, that it wasn't any of his mighty works, but that if you weren't interceding on their behalf, if you weren't going to fight for them, that they were doomed. And so God, I pray that that would be our heart here, and I pray that we would have hope and confidence uh, in the future, Lord, that if we know you, we can be confident, we can be assured that our future is sealed, God, that no matter what happens on this earth, no matter what persecution arises, if we're beaten and thrown into jail like Paul and Silas, if we, are, uh, if we are killed in any way, if we die in any way, that if we know you, we have the assurance that we will spend eternity with you um, in your kingdom. And so, God, help, us to, help that to bring peace to us, but also help that to, to motivate us to go and share with those that do not have that hope, that do not know you, that don't have that confidence that they can. You know, it's a very scary world out there when you don't have that, that assurance and that confidence in you. And so if anyone's here in this room today, if anyone is listening online that doesn't have that hope, that is struggling through those moments, God, I pray that they would just lay down their lives before you. God, I pray that they would just say, God, I surrender my life to you. I know that I'm a sinner, but I believe that you made a way for me, that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross in my place. And that while I, I am worthy of that death, that that was my spot, that you made a way for me and provided a sacrifice that I could never provide on my own. That you raised Jesus uh, from the dead three days later and that uh, he reigns on the right hand of the throne to this very day, interceding on behalf. And so I just pray and ask that you would come into my life and save me. Let your spirit dwell in me and help to walk with me for the rest of my days, God. Um, Lord, I pray that if anyone prayed that prayer, they would share that with someone. They would talk to someone. Um, because that's just the beginning. That's not the end. That's not the, the starting point. That's the beginning of the rest of our lives, of, of, of a, a new life in you, and that we need help to walk to learn how to look to you, to learn about what your word says and how to act in different situations. So God, I pray that they would share that with someone, um, Lord. And if that's the case, we know that you guys, that there are angels praising in heaven um, at one sinner, repenting of their sins, Lord. And so God, I just pray you would help us to have hearts that want to long for you, that long for your worship. God, and I just pray that your name would be glorified here this morning, that we would sing your songs of praise, that it would build confidence for us. And God, that you would do a mighty work as you've done across your entire word, that we can have faith and confidence, that we can leave this place and you are with us and we do not have to fear 
uh, anything because you are with us until the end of the age. So God, I just pray this in your holy name. Amen.